you consider yourself normal, then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I just want to introduce, we've got a Weird Mountain Gal in the house. Hello. <laughs> this is Byron Ballard and it's Alicia Corbett. Um, so they actually record a podcast out of Asheville, North Carolina, uh, deep in the heart of Appalachia. Um, a little bit about both of them here. We've got Byron Ballard. She, um, her books are going to be right over here. Definitely give them a, uh, a look at. She is a well-known writer, pagan priestess, and Appalachian witch, focusing on Appalachian folk magic. Um, she's served at a lot of conferences all over the southeast, up and down the east coast. Um, and she's been reading terror for over 50 years as well. And Alicia is a musician, a storyteller, magic practitioner, and she's a native of Western North Carolina as well. Um, she teaches classes on foraging, Appalachian culture, and music. We've also got Gomez right over here. He's kind of a mysterious figure that just stays in the shadows, but is very important here. Um, he also cuts grass. Uh, for the Weird Mountain, so <laughs> they're going to just sit and they're going to talk to us a little bit about why it's important at this time, especially, to embrace your Appalachian roots, uh, to get back to what we know works. And so we're going to do about 20 minutes of them talking, have a Q&A, and then go from there. Thank you so much. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> No, it's very polite. Gosh, cool. Brittany, it's like you don't know us at all. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, thank you for being yeah. here. And for those of you who just came to have a decent beer, sorry. <laughs> we, uh, we're the Weird Mountain Gals, and uh, we are, in fact, from Western North Carolina, both of us. Uh, we, uh, we're called the Weird Mountain Gals. I'm going to answer that question before anybody asks it. We're called the Weird Mountain Gals, like all those bluegrass groups that are like the Clinch Mountain Boys and the Fog Froggy Bottom Boys, Froggy Bottom. whatever other boys they are. So we are, call ourselves the Weird Mountain Gals, and we have created a place called Weird Mountain, and that's where we are from. It's where our podcast originates. And as Brittany told you, we are going to do some podcast recording for about 20 minutes, I said, as I said to Heather, 20 minutes or, you know, 30 minutes or whenever we run out of steam. I can tell you, I wish you could have been in a car today because we were hot all the way to beyond Canton, North Carolina. And we bitched about everything you can imagine. We bitched about gentrification, mm -hmm. about traffic, about um, everything, everything you can imagine. We did, didn't we? And then by the time we got to Tennessee, we were wore out. <laughs> but luckily for us, there was a big old traffic accident that we drove through. So that woke us all up, and we managed to get our glad asses over here to Chattanooga. So thank you, Chattanooga. Thank you, fabulous Yep, yep, yep. So you might want to get your mic just a little closer. 
like that. Yeah. You know, Alicia's always accusing me of being too soft. <laughs> In her voice. Um, <laughs> So I've been talking, you talk for a minute. Yeah, you know, we were excited about coming out here. I love Chattanooga. I love Chattanooga. I've got some kinfolk that are from around here. And we used to tour at some little place down on the highway here. We, that was one of our stops back, back in my day. Uh, so it was good to get back over here again. And I, have, I haven't been for like 10 years. And uh, it's as pretty as it ever was. Coming in, I just went, wow. Yeah. We were trying to remember the name of the river. <laughs> we didn't remember the river. The Tennessee, Tennessee River? I was Tennessee. Anyway, uh, we thank you for coming out. We, I generally am the straight straight person to her funny person. Or her, yeah. I'm not uh, it's like she's name. John Boy and I'm Billy. Do y'all know who John Boy and Billy are? Do you? Are they still, do they still do their thing? You know, I I've, I think that we're gonna have to find that out. At any rate, quick, where's my phone? Oh, <laughs> yeah, she won't use the voice function on it. Anyway, we like to talk about we we don't just bitch and cry. I know it seems like we do a lot of it because we do, but we, we talk also, about food and we talk about death. And we talk about Appalachian culture, and we trot out the accents that we had when we were seven or eight years old. Plus the attitudes we had when we were seven or eight years old. Yeah. So, true enough. Our, our plan today is we're just going to sit back and we're going to do a podcast recording like we usually do. And y'all are just going to be here listening in on our conversation. And then we're going to stop and then we're going to jump down with y'all. And if you got questions, we'll answer questions. you got stories because we love to hear stories. We'll do those too. So, you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna move this back so I'm gonna get comfortable. So the check the very how's first. That? How's that? That's good. Okay, let The very first thing that we do when we get ready for a podcast is we have a nice long discussion ahead of time about what we're gonna talk about. What do you want to talk about this time? Well, we always do have a pre-show, and then we pretty much ignore it. We completely abandon it so, as soon as the record button comes on. So every time. let's talk about something very important, like people settling into areas like Chattanooga and Asheville and changing sort of the demographic and then demanding other changes as well. And the environment. And let's talk about the environment. Because y'all know they're fighting like dogs over in Egypt over environmental stuff is like, well, I can't do that. Well, I can't do that. Well, you know what? The damn polar ice caps are melting. So somebody's got to do something. Or, or, or. Ready? Yeah, I am. We won't talk about any of that. No, we're not going to bring that up. Knock, knock. Come in. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, you know. I'm tired. Tired? Do you ever have that relative that just said tired instead of I'm tired? Uh, I had or did all, they all do all it? my relatives. <laughs> In fact, my grandfather, who told some very terrible jokes, used to say, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm C-O-W-S-O-T-U-R-D, tired, so tired. And, of course, when we were little and we'd be sounding out like C-O-C-O-W-S-O-T-U-R-D. 
Uh-huh. And then we would get in trouble because we would say cow turd when my grandfather had said so tired. But, you know, we were semi-literate at that point. So semi uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yes, tired. I'd tired. never heard of that one. But I have a friend who was in a band that I used to be in. And anytime somebody would answer with, I'm so tired, he would sing that Beatles song. I'm so tired. I'm tired. Anyway, and he got me doing it now. So when somebody says, I'm so tired. So when you say it, beware if you're of who you're around and what chain of thought you are kicking off. I know. That's bad. And, and all the way over here, because it took us about, I don't know, three and a half hours to get here. Yeah. Aside from, we'll talk about Shoney's later. Where's Gomez? <laughs> Gomez. Oh, he's ignoring he's us. He's trying like to it. not be seen. He's like, I'm not here. Um, yeah, it took us three, three and a half hours to get here. So we're, you know, we're prime. We're a little punchy. By six o'clock, we may be taking a nap in the chairs. But they are comfortable chairs. They are. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. Yeah. And thank you, Brittany, for arranging all this today. Thank you. Oh, we appreciate it. We're, we're hoping this is going to launch the Weird Mountain Gals East Coast Tour. We're going to f- go from brewery to honky-tonk to beer joint to <laughs> bar all up and down the East Coast. You know, it'd be good. Like Trey Crowder. It, except not as funny. Yeah, it, research. We do research. Research. We do research. Like, who had the very best dark beer? Well, I think it was here. It was really good. It looks well if the can means anything. It does not. They look great. The, the beer that's they, done here looks great. It tastes just as good. <laughs> I'm sure it does. I I don't, I, I can't even remember the last time. I've never drunk a whole beer as far as I know. So when we have beer later, you can watch. Mm-hmm. I will finish mine quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, well, Alicia, you ain't got no germs, do you? <laughs> that beer won't kill? Yeah. I, I'll drink a thimble full of fine beer. Good, well-made craft beer. You know, but I, I don't want any more than that. I'm from a town that was a dry town. So the only hooch we had was homemade, you could say. We didn't have a <laughs> wine store or, or a beer store or anything like that. And if you wanted beer, your choices would be what? McLeod or Budweiser. There was always, always Budweiser, Budweiser, but there was this other brand that was like a white can with red letters all over Perhaps it. Perhaps Blue Ribbon. That was it. Thank you. I mean, not that I know about that sort of thing. <laughs> and I was. But that's what all the hipsters drink where yeah. we are. It's like we are surrounded, like y'all are, with craft breweries. And they'll go into some dive bar and spend $5 on a can of PBR, and you just think, is there something wrong with you? Or what? It costs five dollars for a can of beer. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell y'all the story that I told them. So sorry, I'm gonna tell the story again. So Asheville has been gentrified so hard and so fast. So don't move there. Thoroughly. Come and visit because it's a pretty town. It's just I mean it's as pretty as Chattanooga. You could just stay home. But um, we have been gentrified so fast that a friend of mine, and I'm going to call her name in case she's looking, Tina Glenn, who does a, a, a product line called Fairy Made Products, and they're beautiful oh, they're soaps and all kinds of wonderful things. Anyway, she was watching as her neighbors that had their property adjoined in the back, and they had a shed, and she would watch sit 
drinking coffee on the back porch in the morning. And they first, they painted the shed and fixed it up, put a roof on it, electrified it, plumbed it. And then they sold it as a tiny house for just, are y'all sitting down to drink, $350,000. Welcome to Asheville. It was a tiny house, you know. Tiny. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. It was. So about this time, one of us usually takes a drink of something and notice how we kept to the subject so well. <laughs> what was the subject again? I uh, forget. The environment. Oh, I thought it would be death or something. Oh, we'll get to death. We'll do that in the third we round. We all get, we'll get to, to death. death. We always get we to death. We all get to death at some point, don't so, we? So tell me this. What uh, Native American tribe was here or is here? Who knows? Were the Crips as far over? Yeah, well, especially like in North Georgia, right down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Cherokee and Creek. So we're on, uh, what do they call that, unceded Cherokee land. Because didn't the Cherokee run the creek out, of, creek out of here, and then they were here, and then we ran them out. Yes. So, and now people from California are running us out. So, I mean, it's just the place people get run out of. Who's going to be next? Who's going to run next? Who knows? I don't know. It doesn't matter because the polar ice caps are melting. So it doesn't matter who runs who out. It's all fine. In the background, I heard, okay, that was one subject that we covered. That we No, get out. That's because we're nervous. We've never done this in front of people. We usually do it sitting on the porch drinking strong tea. Or we do, I mean, tea, strong tea. I'm Tea is not a euphemism for Appalachian heritage alcohol. If I was going to call it corn liquor, I'd call it corn liquor. And you have done that during a podcast. I have drunk that during a podcast. That's that's true. We ought to ask them, y'all that listen, because we have some folks who listen to every episode, which one you drank the corn liquor on. (laughs) It could be. And then send them. That'll be the test. We will give you $100. What? You can. (laughs) Why not? I mean... Elon Musk has got it. I'll borrow it off him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll loan it to you, too. Um, you know, generally, we do sit on the porch of a real place, and we put photographs up on Facebook as much as we can. Yeah. That kind of lets you get a, a glimpse of what it looks like. It's got a wide, long porch that goes the, the width of the house, and it's an old house. I think it was built in 1926. 38. Oh, 38. I'm sorry. 1938. Yeah. And it's in an old neighborhood in Asheville. And you would think that you were in the woods, really. Well, it is. It, it backs up against uh, over an acre of wood. Mm-hmm. With the little creek good. there and all of that. And so it feels like we're back in the country sometimes. And we, we'll sit up there because it's kind of halfway up Weird Mountain, you know. We'll sit up there. And we'll watch things go on, and we'll talk about things that would have gone on back in the day. So Byron and I met each other at a funeral, I think, originally. Oh, good. Let's just go to death now. Yeah, to death. We're always there. So we met at a funeral that she at her temple, and I, I was supposed to go there and sing or something. I can't remember. Yeah, you did so. And, and that's how we met. And I, I had never even heard her name that I know of, that I, but I have an awful memory, y'all. But we were both the rare Asheville natives. 
that doesn't exist much anymore over there. And so we kind of remembered each other. And somehow I invited her to a show at a place that was a church. So is it a Baptist church, I think? And but the ven- but it's also a venue. So the preacher man, he believes in the gospel of music as well as his other gospel that he preaches on Sunday. And we got up there. <laughs> it's a good story, honestly. It is. And I realized this is Asheville's Village Witch. And I'm on stage at a church, in a church, a Baptist church, with Asheville's Village Witch singing, I'll Fly Away. And we knew more of those lyrics than we did to Amazing Grace. None of us knew Amazing Grace. She's not even telling this story right, so I'm no. just going to interrupt. <laughs> okay. So we we called our our little group the Revelators, and we we did one set, and then the band dissolved. And so I sang Rocky Top. It's one of the few times I've sung by myself on stage. It was we had a great time. It was lovely, and uh, uh, this sweet man that was playing the guitar said. Well, you sound a lot like Dolly Parton, and I was just like, I, I'm, I don't need to sing anymore. That was enough. She's not telling you the story that's on her. So here she goes. She's thinking, Oh, I've got a witch on stage. Well, I know what I'll do. Why Another don't we witch. sing "I'll Fly Away"? And I just looked at her like, Okay. Well, as it turns out, she didn't know the damn words to it. No. Nobody in the band knew the words to it. All we knew was the chorus. So the audience, which is also the congregation, yeah. they would sing the the song and we would come in on the chorus because that's on her. She sprung it on us because she thought, oh, this will be fun. Let's sing I'll Fly Away. And I just looked at her like, all right, well, I hope you know verses 2 through 85 because I sure as hell know. And guess what? She's, she sure as hell didn't know either. No, no. So it I was just, great. It was great. And there was a whole row of people that came just to see Byron, of course. And they were the ones that were, you know, tattooed and wearing black and just like, yeah! They were just getting it. And then I sang Rocky Top. Yep. That's, that's it. Right. So that was, that was my moment. That's how, that's how we kind of met each other. Yeah. It was like, okay, fine, whatever. If you'll right. do it, I will. We're going to do it. We're yeah. doing it. Well, I've been in more than one situation where people know me. I was telling Alicia, I'm like a middle-sized fish in a little bitty pond. So people know me. I know I do Appalachian folkways and Appalachian magic, <laughs> goddess worship. I do all that kind of environmental stuff. And so they just don't expect with that kind of background that I'm also going to sing gospel music. So I was in a car with friends of mine who are called the Night Travelers. They're a bluegrass band. And we were traveling back from a gig that we had done together in Ohio. And um, and James, who's the banter player, he started singing some song. And I joined in from the back seat. And he said, well, I didn't know you sang gospel. And I said, well, I mean, I'm from West by God, Buncombe County. Everybody sings gospel there. So we sang gospel music from Ohio all the way back down to Marietta, Georgia. Really? And we were like, this back Yeah, all the way down. People just don't expect it. They do not. They do not. I, I, I gave a talk. I'm going to be bragging on myself. I gave a talk at Harvard University about Appalachian folk magic. And, um, and I... I ended up by saying, I'm your worst nightmare. I'm an educated redneck. 
That's exactly. It's true. And she really, she really is your worst nightmare. (laughs) Your worst nightmare in so many ways. Yeah, it's true. Well, so so I met her that way, and we also had in common the actual. Do I need more lipstick? We also had in common a love for that home on Weird Mm -hmm. Mountain because Mm -hmm. it's magical. It is magical. There's not any doubt about it. I promise you, it's magical. In all of the magical forms that you can think of. It's magical in light ways. And it's magical in dark ways. And it's magically intense. And it's magically not oppressive. Okay, so it's a magical place. Are you going to tell us about your friend's friend in the woods? My friend's friend in the woods... Uh, yeah, I went, uh, I, I had a couple of friends with me, uh, this fella who had another friend with him, and we were going to go eat lunch together. And he came onto the property, and we were kind of reunionizing. We were alumni, <laughs> alumni and we hadn't seen each other for many years, and we were kind of, you know, re- getting reacquainted. And the fella who was the third wheel, and I'm sorry, but he was, he asked if he could go outside and look around in the woods. And I said, sure. Now, this fellow was a Marine, an ex-Marine. And he was, you know, he was a tough guy. And he didn't believe in any of this nonsense, I'm sure, even though I didn't ask him. Okay. But he really did. Because we got about 15 minutes into our conversation when we were sitting there in the cottage. And the tough guy came back in and just had to leave right then. He insisted on going right then, and he took my friend with him, and we didn't get to go have lunch that day, which, you know, I remember that day. That night, my friend called me to apologize for that behavior from this guy. And what had happened was the guy got out on the property, and he said he started noticing that in the woods that nothing was alive in the woods. He didn't see any ants. He didn't see any squirrels. He didn't hear any birds. He didn't hear any rustling. And uh, he said that the and he started getting a distinct feeling that he was not supposed to be there. And the final straw for him, the one that sent him running back to us, was he said he saw a crow, and the crow went to basically the property line there and veered away so that it didn't come onto the property line there. And he knew then he had to get out, right then. Too dangerous for crows, I gotta go. Yeah, so (laughs) the thing is, I believe in the efficacy of magic. And I believe that a skilled practitioner who is working with magic can cause magic to happen. And Byron puts her wards up, she protects her property. And I believe you did have some words up that said, did you not? Yes. Well, and, and the funny thing about that is that we've seen turkeys, bears, <laughs> yeah. foxes, raccoons, deer. Come and says groundhog. Groundhogs. Groundhogs. And then we have crows. It's a family of crows that live right there. So. Yeah. It was funny that none, well, it wasn't funny. So none of them showed themselves to him. No, and he was, he, you know, he big was tough upset. guy was scared to death. He was afraid. The and when that crow wouldn't even fly over. Right. I mean, when Satan's <laughs> own bird won't fly over, you know. 
And I tell you, that's just one of many magical things that have happened at that cottage just while I've been there, and I don't own it. I did live there during COVID, but uh, I don't own the property. Now, it would have been more effective if he had looked up and a flight of buzzards was circling <laughs> over the top. That would have been great. And he could softly hear some Tchaikovsky in the background or something. Yes. <laughs> or Grieg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, is, where's, which, where's that from? It's the Grieg Concerto number. Oh. It's in all the uh, old horror movies. Oh, okay. No, it's a big familiar. old piece of... It's, a, it's big organ. So... Y'all aren't even going to laugh at that. What's wrong no, with they that? Already laughed. They, they need more beer. <laughs> no. People <laughs> need more beer when I can say big organ and they just look at me like, huh? <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's not as bad as I've heard her say today. But anyway, that was right. Just, it was just today. I normally am very quiet and calm. Yeah. And I don't get overreactive. Right. I looked at Brittany so she can see. Oh, overreactive. Yeah. Oh, maybe a little bit. I'm normally a natural blonde. So, at any rate, our podcast was kind of started because, because, I don't know why she, her, she wanted to do it. But I felt like the legacy, Byron's legacy, needs to be talked about and understood. And, you mean our legacy? And, is I was going to say, and, and recorded so that, you know, the other generations can have a chance. Byron's a survivor. She's also an Appalachian magic worker, a witch, a root worker, a sustainable farmer. She's made a point <laughs> we, hope. we hope. We hope yeah. it's sustainable. All right, yeah. And hopefully you never have it put to the test. And uh, she's she's a closet prepper, I think. You have those tendencies. Yeah, closet. she does right out of the fox fire, except your own version of it. You know, the Western North Carolina version of Foxfire is, de is different than the one that was recorded uh, <laughs> well, in books. And I have to tell them the story. My most recent book, which came out August of last year, is called, uh, well, no, my, one of my most recent books is called Roots, Branches, and Spirits. And Llewellyn Publishing called me and she said, I just got out of a meeting and we have a book that only you can write. And I was like, oh. Okay, because I've never written for Llewellyn before. And I said, well, well, what are you looking for? And she said, we want someone. I just came out of an editorial meeting. We want someone to rewrite the entire Foxfire series, but with a pagan slant. And, yeah. and I said, um, well, number one, the Foxfire series is still going on. Mm -hmm. It is a multi-volume collection that took many people many years to do. So no, I cannot rewrite the Foxfire series for you because number one, I could not in my what's left of my shabby little lifetime do it. And number two, you haven't got enough money to pay me to do it. And I said, but are you asking for an Appalachian Folkways and Folk Magic book? And she said, um, yes. And I said, that I can do. So there's three of them over there. There's the first two books that I did, which is Stalbs and Ditchwater, and the second one is Aspidity and Madstones, and then that one is the third uh, Appalachian book. But I, I grew up practicing this stuff, 
And then as soon as I got out of West by God Buncombe County and got, a, got out of high school and got a college education and then went on to graduate school, I was leaving all that crap behind because I didn't live in the country anymore. I lived in the city where city people behaved well and had toilets that flushed. And were inside. And were inside. It was lovely. And showers and all those lovely things that people in cities have. And it wasn't until I was much, much older, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, that I started thinking about those old folkways, and I wanted to write them down. Because there were so many people, even then, and that was 30 years, 25 years ago, easy, people were moving into the area, and I don't know how it is in Chattanooga. How many of you are local Chattanoogans? Is that what we call you, Chattanoogans? Chattanoogans. And how many of you got here as fast as you could because you love it? Damn, people, at least raise your hand and pretend that's the case. <laughs> so there are all these people moving in, and when people come into a region like Asheville, and I'm sure like Chattanooga too, they go, well, I mean, this is all very well and good, but the way we did it in Tampa or, or San Jose or Wherever. upstate New York or northwest Ohio is that we did it like this, and it was much more efficient and better than you do it here, so you need to change how you do things. So we hear that a lot. We used to hear that a lot. So I saw all that stuff fading. All the folkways that I'd grown up with were fading. So I thought, oh, I'm going to write it all down. And I practiced it, of course, but I didn't think any more about it. So I'm going to write it all down just so it's all written down. And that's that first book, uh, Stalks and Ditchwater. And then I went on tour with it, because that's what you do when, when you write a book, you go on tour. So I went on tour, and I was up all kinds of places, and I realized I am not the last folk magic, Appalachian folk magician standing, that they're everywhere. They're just them everywhere. But what they don't do is hang out a shingle or, to, or put up a Facebook page and call themselves Sweet Daddy Mojo Conjuring Mojo. They just do what they've always done in their community. They just birth babies and they clean up and bury the dead and they tend to the sick. And they do all those things that Appalachian folk magic people have done time out of mind. And so it, it, it made me happy to realize that I wasn't right down a dying culture. I was just claiming my part of that. So wherever you are, and I would love to talk to some of you native Chattanoogans about what the difference in folk magic and folk practice is here along this big old river. Because y'all have got to have some swamp stuff going on and some other kinds of really interesting stuff. Um, because folk magic, here's the thing about it, it is different wherever you are. It's because it's tied into the land, it's tied into the culture and the people. And so it's going to be a little bit different everywhere. And because mostly it passes down through families. So in my the cove where I grew up, it would have been different in the cove next to it, the cove on either side of it, except it was all an extended family. Mm -hmm. So this cove kind of filled up, and then they run over to this cove. So this cove over here, I grew up on this big horseshoe, and over here was where all the Benson members of the family lived. 
And, that, and so we call that Benson Holler, and it's still called Benson Holler. And over here was where a bunch more of my Westmoreland family lived. And that, so we all practice the same kind of folkways, but really it changes from from Holler or Cove to Cove, from county, from to, county, county to county to county. Down to down. It really is different. So when we take a break, which we should do, we should, yeah. Um, y'all think of some questions you want to ask us, and I want to hear about. Folk magic and chatting. Yeah. yeah. And finishing my thought, which I can't believe I'm the one finishing a thought today. Uh, honestly, I can't believe I'm the one interrupting. <laughs> so we had so many things in common, and the little house brought us together in magical ways. And I could spend the rest of my life telling you the stories of the things that I've seen that have happened around that cottage and the things that, and we do, we talk about it every time we have a podcast, something gets mentioned about the little house or the little cottage. So that, to me, in my brain, that's central to why we became friends. We had so much in common. That little cottage looks exactly like my granny's little cottage in Robbinsville, North Carolina. And that's where I'm from. Uh, And I was bi-local as a child. I would spend my summers in Robbinsville and the rest of the time in Asheville. So I learned different kind of traditions in her. But we have the same core values and recognized it. So I yeah. think that that's yeah. why we turned into friends. And I cannot believe that we never met each other, even though we were living like this, just right down the road from each other. We were both in the arts, in the, in the business world. And it's crazy. We, but anyway, and I can't we remember. Went, did you go to Emmanuel I went to Emmanuel. We went, went to the same damn school. Yeah, we but did. at different times because I'm considerably older. <laughs> but uh, it, it's interesting, and it makes me know that there's really not a random chance because honestly, we would have met by now, and we met when we were supposed to meet. I think so. Too. Just like, and that's just the way it is in these magical worlds. Your life becomes synced with the seasons. You become more uh, in tune with things. Anyway, yeah. that's it. That's my deep thought, and I followed it. I'm so excited. I know, even though I interrupted her. No, you're good. All right, so we're going to take a little break. We are the Little Mountain Gals, and thank you all for being Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.